Well, do please keep Acts chapter 3 going into the first verses of chapter 4 uh, open uh, because uh, as we've prayed, it's God's word and we want God's word to speak to us. Uh, not anyone from the front, not myself, Simon or Johnny or anyone that speaks. We want God's word uh, to speak and here we have God's word. We're in Acts and we know that the series title is Mission Unstoppable. And we see that at the end of chapter 4, that numbers are added. They're always added. God's word will always do its work as it's taken by the Spirit. But before we get there, before we think about that and the end of, uh, of this time together in chapter 4, let's go back into this magnificent story. Because it is magnificent. And before we go back to the story, uh, let me just share with you one or two upsides of the pandemic for us as a family. It's been bedtime reading by a distance. This has been one of the highlights uh, for Kerry and myself and Corabel and Tommy. Talitha, uh, we've uh, we've put to bed quite early so that we can dig into uh, some novels and spend time reading books together. We've worked our way through the Chronicles of Narnia, been a highlight. We've worked our way through The Hobbit and now we're working our way through The Lord of the Rings, although we haven't read it for uh, probably about six weeks. But Lord of the Rings is the book to go to for adventure and friendship. Sacrifice. Quest. There's a line in it that sums up much of, I think, how we felt uh, over the pandemic. It's Bilbo, and he turns to Gandalf the wizard. And he says, I'm tired, Gandalf. I'm weary. I feel thin, like butter scraped over too much bread. And before we go to this story of energy and life, if I ask you, do you ever feel like Bilbo Baggins the last 16 months or so, wearied by the weight of the ring, in Bilbo's case, or the weight of sin? As Paul says, what a wretched man I am, who will save me from this body that is subject to death? Have you been wearied by sin, your inability to cast it off, or or perhaps disillusioned? This isn't what you thought the Christian life was all about. It's too hard, too stretching. Frankly, isn't it too irrelevant in the world around that seems to shove Christianity and the gospel aside? If you asked, what is life? What is the point? Does following Jesus really make a difference? I wonder if one or two of those thoughts have come into your head recently uh, and indeed over the last 16 months. Well, turn to me, turn with me to verse 19 of chapter 3. And here's the message of Peter on the back of a miracle. Repent then and turn to God, says Peter, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Look, we know from Acts 1 verse 8 that the disciples will receive power. They will be my witnesses. That's Jesus speaking. 
In Acts 2 verse 43, we looked at last week, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And as we remember Acts, and as we understand it, the follow-on letter from Luke, it's Luke writing the story of Jesus continued. It's the sequel to his gospel. We know that Acts is not about the disciples. We know that Acts is not even about the early church. It's not about comparing and contrasting ourselves to the apostles. If they had that power, then why don't we have it now? Acts is not about that. It's not. It's not about the model of the early church and how town church should replicate that. Of course, there's much to learn, but it's not the thrust of Acts. See, Acts, hopefully, as you've seen over the last couple of weeks, is all about the power of Jesus affecting life and afterlife. It's about the power of the risen Lord Jesus that forms church after church after church in all nations. It's all about the power of Jesus that takes the unstoppable mission of his good news to all nations. So that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Acts 3.19. And the story of the lame man shows us that the power of the risen Lord Jesus is still at work. So there's two points. Simply, they'll appear on the screen. The lame man, the story of the lame man shows that Jesus is alive and powerful. We know that the wonders of Pentecost have happened. Uh, One day after that, Peter and John were heading to the temple. Uh, We read there at the beginning of chapter 3. And look, a Sunday school song, of course, strikes up in my head. My guess is I might be, there might be one or two others in the room. Uh, that will remember that song that Peter and John went to pray and they met a lame man on the way. And he asked for alms, which is money and goods given to the poor, and he held out his palms. Every good song must rhyme. And then look what happened. What happened? Peter in verse 4 says, look at us. Look at us. So what does he do? He gives them their full attention, expecting something from them. Of course, he's wanting to hear the jangle of coins. He's wanting to see his hat thrown on the floor, full of money. He's expectant that these kind men who have said, look at us, will respond in the way that he desires. And what does Peter say? I can't give you anything that you want. I can't give you silver or gold. I can't give you what you want, but I can give you more than you ever dreamt. The ability to walk. And so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And that literally means rise up and walk. Go. And so verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he held him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And it literally means he raised him up. And the bones and the muscles and the sinews that have never worked before come together. So that there's a moment, a miraculous moment. Verse 8, he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. 
He jumped to his feet and he began to walk extraordinary scenes. And it's after Jesus. It's extraordinary. Look, it's like, and some of you here will remember our good friend John King, who's moved on to Southampton, wheelchair-bound all his life. It's like a moment. Can you picture it? I think I possibly can. John King jumping out of his wheelchair and sprinting round this room, jumping, leaping and praising God. It's a moment like that. It's a miracle. And it's the best part of the Sunday school song. So Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on their way. He asked for arms and held out his palms. And this is what Peter did say, dot, dot, dot. He went walking and he went leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. And why it was the best part of the Sunday school song was those actions were magnificent. For once, as little children, we could jump around the room. Making as much noise as possible. And the Sunday school teachers were encouraging us. The only ever time. Jumping, leaping, praising God. You get the picture. The crowd say, wow. Verse 10. They're filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. And they came rushing to them. And there's a great moment. Peter laughs. We don't read that he laughs. But it's like he's saying, what, what? Do you think that we did this? Do you think this was me and my friend John? <laughs> Look, fellow Israelites, verse 12. Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Of course not. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. You see what Peter is at pain, at pain to point out very, very quickly. Look, this is not the work of me and John, mere men. It's the work of the risen Lord Jesus. And then it's like he's rehearsed the events that have happened and he spills them out. It was you who handed him over to be killed. It was you who disowned the holy and righteous one. Verse 15, you killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Acts 1 verse 8, you will be my witnesses, remember, Jesus said. The apostles' signs and wonders are there to give us confidence in the message that the disciples brought. That the one who was killed is now alive. And his power is still at work. Verse 16, look, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. As you can see. Do you see the point of the sign? Luke has already recorded many signs and wonders that Jesus has performed. Do you see that all those miracles are signs, signposts of Jesus' identity, of who Jesus was. And now they're signposts to help us see that Jesus is alive, that his power is still at work. 
Jesus is back from the dead. Jesus still holds power. It was you who did this to him. It was you that did that to him. It was you that killed him. And yet nothing that you did could hold him down. You see, the lame man shows that you and I can be raised and restored by Jesus' resurrection power. You see that? Then in verse 19, repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I think I'm as guilty as any in forgetting that when we gather on a Sunday or when we gathered on Zoom those many, many Sundays, we gathered and we gather in the name of the resurrected King. I'm as guilty as any in forgetting that. And at times we feel like butter thinly spread over too much toast. And so many times we felt wearied by the current situation of COVID. We felt wearied by the past and we still feel wearied by the present situation. The uncertainty looms. And we feel burdened by sin. How can we ever get rid of it? And we feel torn and hurt by relationships, disillusioned by dream jobs that don't turn out too dreamy. We stumble around and we're tossed by every wave of the sea of life. We're out of control. We're weary and weak. That's how, if you're anything like me, you've been feeling at times in the last 16 months. And yet this story is a signpost that shows me that I can be raised and restored by Jesus' resurrection power. You see that? Or the flip side is that we feel good about ourselves. We think we can rule the world, that nothing can stop us now. Well, stop and read again the beginning of verse 19. Repent then. Repent. Repent. There's nothing that you can do to get back to God. Repent. Say, sorry, you're not in control. You're not in charge. You're not the top man, the top girl. You're not. You've sinned before a heavenly father. But the call is to repent. So that your sins may be wiped out. He's got that ability. Come back to him. Come back. Say sorry. He wipes out all of your sins, wipes clean. It's like the children's whiteboard. All the scribbles on it and in one slash of the board rubber, it's wiped clean. See what the story of the lame man shows you and I, that you can be raised and restored by Jesus' resurrection power. I think there are times when we underestimate that. We say life is so stretching, so mundane at times, so hectic with the children, so boring at work. You don't understand. Or we overestimate it. And we want God to take away my trouble now. Why can't he do that for me now? He did it for the layman. 
And of course he can. Of course he can deal with every problem that you face. But this story isn't a model of what God can do. It's a sign. It's a sign that Jesus is alive and powerful. And it's a sign that Jesus can do what? Verse 19, wipe your sins clean now. That he can refresh your soul now. Now. Today. That's what the story shows us of the lame man today. And here's the second point. The lame man, the story of the lame man shows us that the world will be restored by Jesus' resurrection power. Look at verse 20. And that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. You see, he's making all things new. God will restore everything. That really means everything. How do I know that the future is safe with God? How do I know that? Because God is the promising God. You see it from these words. He's the God who promises and he's the keeper of all that he promises. He keeps his promises. Peter goes on to remind them of the men of the Old Testament in which God has made key promises too. Starting with Moses and Samuel and Abraham. But it's Jesus in how all the promises are fulfilled. Forgiveness and restoration. <clears throat> Wonderful line that, isn't it? That heaven must receive him first. He's just ascended. He goes home. The Lord Jesus is back in his rightful place. And then at the time when we do not know, he will come. He will come and all will be restored. And you can't help but think of that final time. You can't help but jump to Revelation 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. He will. He's promised already. His promises have come to pass in Christ. And he's making everything new when the Lord Jesus will return again forever. No tear. No hurt. No pain. And so the story of the lame man, what does it show me? It shows that the world will be restored by Jesus' resurrection power to come. Peter said that he's the promising God. He's shown his promises through Jesus and it will come to pass. And look, if you need any conviction on this, look at verse 15. You killed the author of life. Author of life is the phrase that Peter uses. Jesus isn't a fairy tale. He's not a fable. He's not a freak. He's not past it. He's not old news. He's not fake news. He's not irrelevant. He's the author of life. He holds life. He lives. He reigns on high. And he's coming back. And that's the story of Acts 3. And look what happens in Acts 4. People oppose it in Acts 4. And in 2021, people oppose it. 
And yet, what does God do in Acts 4? Even amidst the opposition, he builds his church. And in 2021 here in Bista, even amongst the opposition, and there might be opposition of apathy, and there might be opposition of, 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 of people that just don't want to listen, don't want to engage with you. People that listen to the world's ways, don't want to come along to an event with you, don't want to come to online church as we had it. They don't really want to engage with you in life and all that you are. That's perhaps the opposition that we face. But what will God do? He continues to build his church. They seized Peter and John, verse 3 of 4. Because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. We should pray that that's what God would do in Bista amongst opposition. The story of the lame man shows that Jesus is alive and powerful. It shows us that today we can be raised and restored by Jesus' resurrection power. And the story of the lame man shows us that the world will be restored. And it will be restored by the risen Lord Jesus. Acts 3 is a signpost to something far greater that will happen. Let's pray and then we're going to sing a song of this love that God has uh, for those that he will save and restore.